0: It's one fifty nine, and I'm super excited for this new episode of, of the Wealthy Woman Podcast. It's Tommywa here and I'm going to be talking about what you need to be doing if God has asked you to start a business or planted a business idea in your mind. So that's what we're going to be focusing on today. We're going to run through things that you should be doing, a mini checklist really, Of what you should be doing if God has said, Look, go start a business, or I want you in the area or in the mountain of business and industry. So, this is a marketplace um, podcast, and I hope you enjoy it. All right, so let's get started. If God has asked you, you feel this strong nudging in your heart, you feel like you're being prompted, you feel like you're being led to start a business. Here's what you need to do. We're going to run through six things, six specific things that you need to be doing in order to set yourself up for success. See, the first thing is not to create a logo. The first thing is not to create a logo, and I'll tell you why, or you would understand why shortly. The first thing is not to create a logo. The first thing is not to create a website. The first thing is not to create some graphics. The first thing is to understand and be very, very, very clear on what problem you're solving and who you're solving it for i know that sounds cliché i know that you've probably heard this so many times but i'll tell you why it's so important to get this nailed down before you start the reason is because it's so costly to create a brand to create graphics to pick your colors when you haven't spent the time nailing down the audience you want to serve because Nailing down the audience you want to serve as well also feeds into the type of brand that you might curate or create, right? So when you're thinking about your logo, your promo material, you want to design it with your target audience in mind. And if you don't know your target audience or you're not clear on the niche that you're serving, then it's likely that you design a logo. You then realize like, oh, actually, this isn't really attractive for the group of people I'm trying to attract. Then you go back and you redesign promo material very costly it's very time consuming as well and it's just a waste of effort really so the first thing you want to identify when you're starting your business is who is it that i'm going to be you know serving and what problem am i solving for them so when we say who it's your target audience you know the broad group of people that you're going to be helping and then what problem you're solving for them is really when we go into your niche right and there's a quote that says the riches are in the niches which means that if you're starting out and you're trying to grow a your business you're trying to grow your brand you're trying to grow you know and scale um fast and quickly or or much quicker than you know than than the average person what you want to do is find a unique, you know, a unique area of the market to put all of your effort into. Okay. And that's your niche. So the first thing, like we said, is define what problem am I going to solve and who will I solve it for? You know, so when you're starting your business, it's really less about you and more about, you know, who you're helping and the value that you're providing. Right. So that's the first thing. The second thing, once you've decided who it is, you know, and what you're helping them with, you want to curate the kind of brand that would attract the people that you serve. So what are we saying here? If you decide that I really want to serve, you know, I want to create or I have a service that's going to really help people in the medical field. Don't know who those people are, but, you know, depending on what area of the medical field you're trying to help. You want to curate a brand that's going to be attracting doctors, nurses, pharmacists, you know, GPs, whoever is in the medical field, basically, right? So that's your audience. So you want to take a step back and think, when I create my page, my Instagram page, when I create my website, how do I make this into a brand that, you know, attracts someone who's in the medical field? Chances are that's by creating content that is, you know, that is helpful to those people. You know, the, what if you think about what has made you follow the pages that you follow, those pages have been helpful. So, they've provided information, they've provided value to so education as well, or they've just entertained you. You know, they've provided information, education, or just pure entertainment. You just like to follow those pages. So, when you create your own page and your own brand and your own website, you want to think what are the, the brands that I'm logged on to, that I'm keyed into, and what made me follow them? How can I be this brand for my target audience, right? Because what's likely happened is whoever you follow now, whatever brands you're logged on to, whatever podcasts, whatever websites you're constantly visiting, newsletters you're receiving, you are a part of that person's or brand's target audience, right? So you want to also start to create your brand with your audience in mind. So that's the second thing you do. It is at this point that we start to create our promotion material. It is at this point that we start to create our Instagram. We start to you know, create an online brand presence. So that's when, you know, sometimes the graphics can come in, the logo can come in. And I want to share a message that will be a breakthrough for someone when it comes to logos and things like that. You see, when we start out our businesses, especially with us women, we want it to be perfect. We want it to be, you know, amazing. We want it to just look the best. And that's really commendable. That's really, really good. But what is important as well to understand is that, the business you start is is hardly ever the business you end up running, right? The business you start is hardly ever the business that you end up running in the long term. So what am I saying? Or in the long run, what am I saying? Ninety nine percent of the time, you will change your branding as you evolve. Your logo might change, your messaging might change, your brand colors might change, and that's okay because human beings are so dynamic. We're so you know. We, we change with seasons, different things could happen. You could get new inspiration. You know, when I'm stuck with a particular brand, look at Instagram, for example, look at McDonald's, look at Apple, the brand has changed. You know, the iPods that we first got when we were, you know, teenagers is not the same as what we have now. When we had those iPods and those huge, thick iPods and now looking at the iPhone today, right? When you look at McDonald's, I can't remember, I've seen somewhere that, With McDonald's, they changed their brand so many times. They've changed their brand. I've lost count of how many times McDonald's has actually changed their branding since their first inception. So the idea is just to free you of feeling caged and feeling tied to a brand idea, feeling tied to a particular branding, feeling tied to a particular way or design or color because know that you can change it in the future. So the important thing is to get started Don't get bogged down with trying to perfect a particular brand, just start, okay? So like I said, the second thing is to curate a brand that attracts the people that you want to serve by one, obviously making it attractive, making it interesting, you know, making it informative, making it entertaining, thinking about what is it that has attracted you to the brands that you follow, Okay, so now we're going to the third point. So now you've decided what problem that you're solving. You're clear on that. You've decided how you're, you know, you're now curating a brand that's attracting the right people. We can't stop there. We can't stop at marketing. We actually have to, you know, go a step further into our sales, right? Because sales is the lifeblood of your business. So without sales, there are no clients. Without clients, there is no cash, And without cash, there is no business because cash is the, you know, it's, it's what your business feeds on. It's the engine. It's the, you know, it's everything. It's what, if there's no cash, you have no money to run your business to put it quite bluntly. So you want to really understand how do you sell the service that you want to give people that solution that you defined at the very start of the business inception. How do you want to sell it to people? How do you want to get that out into the marketplace to your ideal clients? Okay, and this is where a lot, a lot of times, women specifically, you know, get stuck. We really find it difficult to sell our services. We find it difficult to go out in the marketplace and say, "Hey, this is what I'm offering in exchange for, you know, this this um, price point in exchange for this investment value." We find that very, very difficult. Another breakthrough point I want to share is that selling is serving. Selling is serving. Because you have a solution, you trust in that solution. Selling to somebody is not a bad thing. Selling to somebody is not taking money away from them. It is serving them It's a mutual exchange of value. Most times we feel like, oh, I don't want to sell. I don't want to put a price on things, you know, but that's not the best way to go about it, especially if you want to run a business and not an expensive hobby, right? You want to be able to pitch your services because you are a confident businesswoman. And because God has asked you to run this business, to operate in this business, you want to do that with excellence, right? So you want to sell your services, you want to pitch your services with integrity, with ethics, but you do want to be pitching right so you want to understand like how will I sell my services am I going to pitch on Instagram am I going to sell via an email list am I going to pitch on podcasts am I going to pitch on you know whatever that thing might be Twitter you know there's so many there's so many places and so many options and opportunities to sell our services so you want to decide where you're going to where would your primary um online shop be based right online shop, when I say online shop, the whole world is online right now. And so we need, you know, you need digital presence for your business. We must have some sort of cyber, you know, real estate for our business, digital real estate for our businesses. So you want to decide Where will I focus on? There is a temptation to try everything you want to sell on TikTok, Instagram, you know, podcasts, everything. But the idea is to start with one location, digital location, and then you expand into others. So let's say you start with Instagram and then as you grow, as you evolve, and as you get more comfortable, you then expand into other areas. This is going to save you from being overwhelmed in your business as well. So you want to master one first. So like I said, being able to sell your services, pitch confidently, show up online to share what it is that you have to offer. As long as you're giving a solution, people are actually looking to buy your services. And this is where our mindset comes in. Every time I show up to sell my service, to pitch my service, to promote my service, I have the belief I'm I am solely convinced, you know, I'm fully convinced that, you know, people who need my services are the people I'm speaking to. So I'm not speaking to anybody else. I'm speaking to the person that needs my services. And that is what will help you drive that confidence in sales. When we put the person that is in our target audience in mind, as we sell our services, okay? So we're not thinking about the people who don't need it. We're not thinking about people that that will say it's too expensive. We're not thinking about the people that are not our target audience. We're thinking about the people who want to buy. You show up very, very differently to sell if you think in your mind, people want to buy what I have. When we don't think like that, we show up and we look confused. We're not really promoting with confidence. We're not really shy to share what we have right? So you want, I really want to challenge you that as you show up to, to promote your business and sell your services, you really want to, you know, believe in your mind. In fact, tell yourself people are excited to buy from me. People are excited to patronize my business. People are excited to work with me. People are excited to buy my product, to purchase my product, to invest in my services. Always tell yourself that, and that will give you the confidence to drive through. And also, you know, this is another affirmation that is super powerful for you to understand is that your work is of high service and worthy of massive compensation. When you're, you know, fully like declaring and believing these things, you show up with a different level of confidence, okay? So you're not showing up for the naysayers, you're not showing up for the people who don't want to buy your services or think it's price too high or price too low or whatever they think. You're showing up for the person, your dream client, who's ready ready able excited and willing to work with you and invest in your product or your service all right so the fourth point let's we're moving on to the fourth point which is how will my service be booked so you know we've talked about identifying the problem solved identifying the audience deciding how we're going to market our brand and and share our brand with the world we've we've talked about how to sell with confidence because we have to sell our services now we want to talk about how will the service actually be booked so many times, and I can't count the amount of times I've reached out to someone who was promoting their service, reached out to them and said, hi, I'd love to work with you. And there's no links. There's no next steps. There's no clarity on what to do next, where to click, how to buy from them. It's almost like you have to jump through hoops to get to the point of sale. When we do that, we make the journey difficult for our dream clients, for our dream consumer. Confused customers don't convert let me make that very simple confused customers. Don't buy right if I'm confused I'm not going to convert into a buyer Okay, so we want to make the process to purchase very very straightforward if you're selling something We need to have the links online. We need to have the links in your bio. It needs to be clear. There needs to be clear processes, clear steps on how to buy from you, how to work with you, how to purchase your goods, how to purchase your services. I don't want to jump through hoops to spend my money, you know, and so the Lord is saying to you, woman of God, let us see your services. Let your service be clear. Let us see your service. Let us see your links. Let us see your products, you know, Basically, bring them out. That's the point here. So let us start to promote what it is that we have. Your product cannot serve you if it's on the shelf, if it's in stock, but not out to your clients. Your product can only serve when it's in the hands of the people that need it. And that's our job. So your job as a CEO, as a business owner, as a woman who's doing business, as a woman who has services, consulting, products, whatever, is to get your product into the hand of the person that needs it. All right. So the idea is that you want to be very clear on how you sell your services. And that is not just posting on Instagram or how your services will be booked, sorry. And that is not just posting on Instagram. It's actually having links, having systems That make it very easy for our customers to go through the process from, oh, I like this to I've ordered this, you know, so that is the point of sale, the cart. When they add it to their cart, when they add our services to the, the basket and they purchase, you want that journey to be very, very smooth. All right. So we're going to the fifth one, which is then how will I price my product? This is another place where we really tend to really shy away from pricing our products or wanting to price our products. It's a very scary thing I can understand, but we want to be able to price our products confidently. A personal formula that I use, which I wanted to share with yourselves, is when I make an income in my business, I use this three by three by three rule, right? So, you know, I divide um, that amount into three. So after I've taken out whatever is going to my tithe, I would divide whatever is left into three. This is a recent practice I've started. It's a system that is working really well for me so far. So after my, you know, somebody a client has paid for a service, I take out my tithe immediately. And then I divide the, you know, whatever is left, I then divide that into three a third of that goes into investments, a third of that goes into savings, and a third of that is for my personal enjoyment, my personal enjoyment, my personal pleasure. So now, thinking about that, you want to work backwards and say, well, if I price my, my business, you know, let, let's do some simple math. If I, if I want to price a service at a £1,000, right, I want to make, or if, for you, if you're selling products, maybe your income goal every month, let's say you you set your income goal from your business and say, in my business, every month, I want to earn a thousand pounds. Let's use that example. I want to earn a thousand pounds. Okay. So you've set that goal for your business. And then that amount is coming in every month. As you mean, you're paying your tithe, you take out a hundred. So you take out a 10th of that. If that's what you, you know, you've agreed on what you, what you decided to do, you take out a hundred from that thousand pounds, leaving 900. So there's 900 left for your business. If you split that 900 into three, I'm just giving the example using my personal framework. You can design this how you like, but you'll ex- understand why. I'm sharing this. Using that three by three by three framework, you then take the third, you put that in investments, you take a third, you put that in your savings, you're left with £300, right? So we are taking that 900 and we've divided it into three. If 300 is not enough to fund the lifestyle that you want, to fund your needs, your expenses, whatever it is that you plan to use that money for, then you know it's time to raise your rate. So let us not pull prices out of thin air when we 're pricing our products and our services, we want to set a target to how much do we want this business in total to bring in every month, and how much of that would be our personal salary because you don't spend all you know all of the money that comes in into your business right you have to save for taxes, save for a rainy day, and all of that. so the idea is that you you know you say, okay well. If I divide this money into three, if I take out taxes, bills, this, that, what is left for my salary? And is that really enough to sustain me? Because the money that, you know, the the whole entire 1,000 pounds is not for, for personal pleasure. That is not a great way to manage money. (laughs) So we have to be smart with our money management as well. So a part of that is obviously your salary. Is that enough? If it is, then good. If not, then you know that you need to realistically raise your rates. You need to realistically raise the prices of your product. So that's just an example. There are more ways to price. There are more ways and systems for pricing, but that is just one example. Finally, systems. What am I doing each day to help my business? If you have a business, when you create your to-do list for the day and you create a list of things you're going to do for your business. Identify what a checklist item doing for my business. How is it moving my business forward? Because a lot of times, another thing we get stuck in, especially as women in business, is busy work. We spent a whole day working on our businesses, but none of it was to move sales. None of it was to manage risk. None of it was to cut costs. We must be cut doing things that are cutting costs, doing things that are managing risk, doing things that are bringing in revenue. If we're not doing any of those three things, then we need to be reviewing our to-do list and just thinking, am I actually doing work that is moving this business forward or am I just doing busy work, unproductive work? So I want to challenge you that when you create your business to-do list, your brand's to-do list, Just think of all these things on the list, what responsibility is each thing having, right? Is it having an effect on, right? So this checklist item, what does it have an effect on? Is it my revenue? Is it managing my risk? Is it reducing my cost? Is it making me a better business person? So maybe you're spending your time on, on courses, on development courses, or you're spending your time writing SOPs so that when you hire somebody, you don't have to go through the same process again. That's another way. Or you're spending your time reviewing your expenses, your your bank statement to think, where can I cut costs? That's another way that that's a productive thing to do for your business. Or you're spending your time thinking, what are the new sales strategies I need to implement? How can I market my business better? That's a market, that's a revenue stream that you're spending time on. And those are great things to spend time on. So when we find that we're spending time on things that are not feeding any of these buckets, then we need to review our time and our productivity. So those are the six things that I, you know, that I wanted to share with you guys today. The first thing is, you know, like I said, if, if you feel that strong movement, that strong push to start a business, start with what problem you're solving and who for. Second thing is how do you create a brand that's going to attract the right people? The third thing is how will you then sell your services? Because you must sell. If you're a businesswoman, you're a saleswoman. If you're in business, you are in sales, period. Number four, how will my service be booked? Number five, how will I price my product? And number six, what systems will I put in place to ensure that I continuously work on my business, making it a better business, you know, a stronger brand, a stronger business, you know, a more fruitful business. Okay, how do I make sure that I'm showing up with excellence based on the systems I'm setting in my business? I hope that was really helpful if you've been pushed and you feel led to start a business this year honestly i wish you all the best you know i pray that you will receive the guidance you need you receive the you know the the strength the grace for it the discipline the commitment you know the boldness the audacity the bible says that the you know those that know their god they will be as bold as a lion and they will do great exploits so that is what i wish for you and if you're at a crossroads as well read you know isaiah it says that the lord will when you look to your left and to your right he will instruct you in the way that you should go so that is another place that you can you know just spend some time meditating on the word and praying on the word and just you know committing that time and committing that business and that idea to god as he needs you all the best when you start you know i hope to see your brand out there i hope to see your business thriving out there all right bye